What's going on, everybody? Uh, happy Tuesday to you Bills fans. Happy Tuesday to football fans. Of course, I am the real Dan Kelly with my main man, Akeem Richens. King Rich, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know us by now, please, please get to know us. This is the Conflict of Interest. We are indeed back. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great, Dan. I can't complain. Uh, every day we're inching closer to the season, even though, like we just spoke about, it's still far, far away to our liking. But every day we, we, we're inching closer, so uh, I'm happy about that. So before we get started, Rich, I just got to mention it. The comment section has bullied me for weeks about my wardrobe choices, about the fact that I look like an insurance salesman going door to door. So today I bought out my Bills merch and, and we're rocking with it. And then I see you over there. In a plain white T-shirt. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Hey, man, it, it, it was one of those days. I was running around doing a lot of different things. I came home kind of late. I'm like, should I change or should I just go with what I got? I think I look decent today. So I was like, you know what? Uh, Off-brand day. Let me go with what I got and, and get this show going. <laughs> You're always looking decent, eh, Rich? Good to see you as always. Happy to be here with you talking Bills football. Kim is out here as always. Happy Tuesday, Real Dan and King. I think you mean King Real Dan, but I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Dave out here. Let's go. Buffalo. Kate's here. And of course, my Whoa. least favorite member of the community, Mr. Whoa. Lone Wolf, <laughs> Dante Jenkins. How you doing, pal? Uh, so if you guys are new here, The Conflict of Interest is, of course, a show brought to you on the Built in Buffalo Network, which has shows all the time. Keep up to date with the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. Please leave a like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Conflict of Interest is a show uh, that really, it, it's in the name, right, hey, Kim, Akeem? I yeah, mean, man, we, yeah. we debate, we argue. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about understanding the other person's point of view justin's out here and we got nyap in the 716 shout out to you guys thank you for being here with us today akeem the message yes, of today's show how do the great become greater it, it's it's a beautiful message and a beautiful yeah. question yeah. right yeah so yeah. let's let's get into it right away and, and we're gonna start in an area that you wanted to start so this first question is coming to you my friend Okay. QB coach Joe Brady. We have a new offensive coordinator in town in Buffalo, Ken Dorsey. We'll get to him in a little bit. But today, guys, we are going over the coaches on the Bills staff and the, the starters. And maybe we'll go over some backups. It depends on how, how today's show flows mm -hmm. of where they can improve and how they can get better, how they can help this Bills team. There's a lot of different ways to um, speak about it. And you're going to hear the word better. You're going to hear the those kind of terms a lot today. Maybe you'll hear worse. I don't know what Akeem has uh, in his bag, but let's get into Joe Brady, a rich. What do you think he brings to the Buffalo bills? And before I give, give it over to you, I want to go over some mm -hmm. statistics of Joe mm -hmm. Brady. He's mm -hmm. only been in the NFL for two seasons. He was an offensive assistant with the saints and an offensive coordinator with the Panthers. Now being an offensive assistant, I really don't know what your role is. I know you were a part of the coaching staff. I don't know too much. So what I did was I went into research for his offensive coordinator position with the Carolina Panthers. And I compiled some information here, Akeem. Yep. When he was with the Panthers, they were 22nd in passing attempts, 17th in passing yards, and 28th in passing touchdowns. Now, I know the quarterback position in Carolina has been less than ideal, 
but these numbers didn't really impress me. So I want to hear from you. What do you think that Joe Brady brings to the Buffalo Bills? Oh, so it's it's really interesting, right? And, I, and I'm glad that you put it in this perspective, right? Because it's, it's hard to say what Joe Brady can get better at if he was never on the team to assess to begin with, right? We got to know what we have to properly assess it, right? So I'm glad you put it in that in, in, in that way in terms of what does Joe Brady bring to the Buffalo Bills? And I tell you what Joe Brady brings to the Bills. Uh, the first thing I think is rather obvious. I, I believe he brings some youth to the Buffalo Bills organization, right? When Sean McDermott first started, he, he hired a lot of guys with experience, right? Being a new coach himself, Sean McDermott, what did he do? He went out and got uh, a Leslie Frazier who has a bevy of experience. He went out and got, uh, at the time, uh, Rico Dennison, who has a bevy of experience. He got a lot of positional coaches who had a lot of experience so he can be that CEO, uh, be that head coach, and trust his guys that have the experience. But now we see in a uh, a transitional phase amongst the Buffalo Bills coaching staff. And part of that is an uh, influx in, in the youth movement. And that's what Joe Brady brings. He brings uh, uh, a different perspective to the game. He brings a new set of eyes to the game. And he didn't have that success uh, with with the Carolina Panthers like he did in college with the LSU Tigers, right? But we spoke about, or you spoke about a little bit, the quarterback play. How is the quarterback play? Uh, how is the offensive line? How is the weapon surrounding the quarterback play, especially a lot after Christian McCaffrey went down, right? So I think uh, definitely he has a lot to improve on. That's why he was fired. But at the same time, he's coming over to Buffalo and, and gets a chance to see what success looks like. He hasn't had that success. He wasn't in a locker room with high expectations uh, with the Carolina Panthers like he is for the Bills. So the Buffalo Bills, they're getting a youth movement. They're getting a new, a new uh, energy, a new brain in the building that can that can see a game, the game a different way that can help a Ken Dorsey. And in return, the Buffalo Bills are giving him a a, a chance to revive his coaching career, right? Because the Buffalo Bills are at a state where in the NFL where if they have success, the coaches is going to get looked at and the coaches want to get plucked. So now he took a, a, a demotion from offensive coordinator to quarterback coach. And now hopefully with a successful stint with the Buffalo Bills, he can go back in and progress as an offensive coordinator. So we'll see exactly what he brings to the table once uh, training camp and the game starts. I like that, Akeem. I do, but but I also don't. You know, I'm 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 a weird kind of guy. I, I can agree with you, but disagree with you at the same time. Now, I don't disagree with you about what Joe Brady brings, and your main thing there was youth, right? Youth, yes. About how the fact that the Buffalo Bills are turning a new leaf in a mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Youth isn't a skill, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's just a thing. Mm -hmm. Like me, I'm youthful compared to you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I'm. That doesn't mean I'm better. That doesn't mean you're better, right? <laughs> Okay. It doesn't mean that okay. in, in any sense. So, okay. so I, okay. I like where you went with it, but I can okay. definitely poke a few holes in it. So we'll like keep it. moving on. Of course, Lone Wolf, we love you. Thank you for being here. Every show you're out here. I appreciate it. Paul, welcome in. New viewer from Oklahoma. Excited for the show. Paul, tell all your friends, all your neighbors, everybody in your town to check out the conflict of interest because we appreciate your support. And Justin says this. 
He has an easier job than most QB coaches. And, and I love this comment, Justin, because this is my next point is how can Joe Brady make this quarterback room better? Because it's the Josh Allen show. I feel like Josh Allen is him himself, right? Like what else can he possibly teach him that he hasn't learned yet? Obviously, I'm not saying Allen knows everything about the NFL, but what do you think Joe Brady knows that Allen doesn't? Because when Peyton Manning went to Denver, it wasn't really about the offense coordinator. It was about, hey, this is Peyton Manning, and that's why this team is successful. So do you think that um, Joe Brady is going to be looked at as successful because Allen is successful, or do you think he's actually going to be able to help this quarterback room? Uh, I think he's going to be – I, I think it's going to be looked at both ways for Joe Brady. I think if the Buffalo Bills, if and when the Buffalo Bills have offensive success, I think he will get some credit. Obviously, the Bills do have a generational coach and a quarterback in Josh Allen. So uh, we all know that we all have eyes, but we can't ignore the fact that Joe Brady did have success. It probably wasn't on the professional level, but he had historical success on the collegiate level with urban Meyer had success with with the the LSU Tigers. Well, I don't think Joe Brady's like that. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it that far. And I don't, Nick Saban has had success at the collegiate level. Chip Kelly has had success at the collegiate level. Doug Marone has had success at the collegiate level. I I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear you telling me, Hey, we see the guys that you name, Joe Brady, his run was historical. He came out of nowhere, turned into an offensive guru, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, and, and Joe Burrow and those guys put up historical numbers. And now in, in, in a span of a, a sleep, right? Joe Brady went from college coordinator, college, uh, college, uh, uh, coach to, one of the most coveted gurus uh, circling around the league, right? Because of his offensive prowess. So I don't think we should ignore that. Okay. I, I like it. You you haven't convinced me 100%, mm-hmm. but but I'm, I'm about the 60% range. So I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate your insight, Akeem, because I, I didn't think of this stuff. When, when I was doing my research on Joe Brady, these aren't some thoughts that were coming to mind. Spin is here. Youth only benefits physical traits. Experience benefits the mental traits. Good to see you, Spin. Thank you for coming out. Uh, Jim agrees with you, Akeem. He's going to learn from Josh at the same time. And Lone mm-hmm. Wolf with a great mm-hmm. point. As always, he's never coached QBs. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's also been a linebacker's coach. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little weird, his, his path to finding mm-hmm. where he is today with the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, he has ties to McDermott as brought to you by Dilly Dilly Dale. Only mm-hmm. non-coordinator to win the Broyles Award. Gotcha. Gotcha, Dilly Dilly Dale. Uh, they went to the same college, right? Uh, Joe Brady and Sean McDermott at William what, what, & Mary. At different different times. Well, I think they both went to William & Mary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. So so we and, know a little bit more about Joe Brady now. And, and that's really what matters, Akeem, right? Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, he's going to learn a lot from the Bills as well, right? Like I alluded to earlier, learn, learn what success, see what success looks like. Uh, I know that uh, I read some articles within his offense where he struggled with he struggled with uh, uh, some zone reads, some zone reads, quick passing game, very, very simplistic play calling. So he gets to sit back and and get to look at how the Bills do things, how 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 the machine runs and how another offensive coordinator on a professional level 
calls the game and hopefully he could become a better coordinator in the future from his quarterback coaching stint with the bills so he's going to learn a lot with this organization as well we hope so and we, and we hope he learns fast because that's that's what the buffalo bills are looking yes. for this year but yes. we're going to move on to the man who's going to be in charge of uh, joe brady i guess in a, in a way mm-hmm. and that is the new offensive coordinator in buffalo mr ken dorsey so i want to start with this a rich what's going to change about the offense we we knew brian dable's system obviously he goes to the giants and i want of course before i hand it over to you i'm going to give you some more st- statistics on the bills offense under brian dable so we got First of all, Ken Dorsey, let's get back to him for a minute. Seven years in the NFL, four years in Carolina, and he's been with the Bills since 2019. Now, the Bills offense, 2019, 2020, and 2021. We'll start with 2019, okay? Mm-hmm. They were 11th in passing attempts, mm-hmm. 29th in completions, and 20th in pass yards per attempt, which is pretty god-awful just in general. Move on to 2020. Fifth in passing attempts, sixth in completions, and fifth in passing yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge, huge jump. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, we have, looks like, I think I may have mixed up my, my stuff here. Twenty, I put 2019, 2020, and 2019. So that, that's a mistake okay. by me. Okay. So it looks like. Looks like 2019 was 26th in passing attempts, not 11th. And then 2021, 2021, they were 11th in passing attempts, mm-hmm. eighth in passing completions. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, guess what they were in pass yards per attempt? It's crazy. It came 23rd in passing mm-hmm. yards per attempt last season for the Buffalo Bills. Something you don't mm-hmm. expect. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is going to change? Because I, I know what I think. I think the running game is going to have to become more prevalent moving forward. But what do you think changes under Ken Dorsey? as the new offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills? Uh, so that last statistic, 20, 23rd in passing yards per attempt? Per attempt, yep. So I think with the combination of Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady, because Joe Brady loves to run a, a ton of motions and, and, and quick outs to get the ball in space, I think that that particular statistic would improve under Joe Brady. Uh, along, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, under Ken Dorsey, along with Joe Brady, offensive gotcha. coordinator, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. Obviously, Joe Brady is not calling plays, but he has plays. He has a playbook, and I'm pretty sure uh, Ken Dorsey, if he's doing the right thing, he's going to spitball a little bit. Joe Brady pick his brains and see what plays that he had a ton of success with when he used, and probably implement that in the Buffalo Bills system. So I look for that to improve. Right. Um, Let's go. Let's go with uh with another one. I I look for uh the Buffalo Bills to run a more balanced attack, implementing two tight end set more. I I know that uh, OJ Howard. There's talk about. There's rumors talk about he's off to a slow start. Uh, he's on a new team. We gotta give him. Gotta give him a chance. This, this is this is where you want to have your slow start, so to speak, right? This is why they have OTAs and mini camps and training camps, so you can get your foot in. So I think the combination of OJ Howard and Dawson Knox. I think when they signed OJ Howard, they envisioned uh, more two tight end sets to run the ball. More two tight end sets because both of these tight ends or or uh, athletic and gifted t- uh, tight ends that can cause mismatches in the middle of the field. So I think the Buffalo Bills will implement that more. And last but not least, I believe that Devin Singletary will be more of the workhorse uh, 
for the Buffalo Bills this season. I don't think it's going to be like it was in years past in terms of finding the hot hand or or whoever's whoever's running the best at the time, right? We're going to give uh, this guy a series and this guy a series and this guy a series, and we'll see what happens next, right? I think Devin Singletary will be more of the workhorse back, and I also think uh, James Cook will be, this year, will be in a more specialized role, more of a third down role, more of a more of a, a receiver out of out the backfield, more of a running back that have a package of plays ready to call and ready to call his number when it's time to come in. So those three things I believe Ken Dorsey will will implement in the Buffalo Bills offense. I don't know if I'm the only one still nervous about it, but he's never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. And that that give, it doesn't give me a red light, but it gives me an orange or a yellow, whatever you're looking at when you're driving. Mm-hmm. It's giving me a little bit of caution. You know what I mean? It's like a stop sign that's green. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to feel about it yet. I want to see how the preseason goes and see how how he's calling plays and how it works in this system. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if he's gonna implement what Brian Dable did. I don't know if he's got tweaks. We we don't know, right? So so mm-hmm. we're obviously just speculating here. But I want to get in to players, A Rich. We'll, we'll get back to some coaches later on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to get to some some players, okay. and we're going to start off with Joshua Patrick Allen, right? Mm-hmm. So we we know how it works with Josh Allen. Four seasons in the NFL, he's improved every single year, right? Every single year he's improved. Maybe not statistically in every category, but we know he's gotten better each and every year. Right. Okay. Good, good comment there. Good comment there. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is how does a top quarterback in the league possibly improve? Well, first of all, a rich, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this one to start us off. Of course. Of course. And it's, it's just going to be the fact that I didn't think this was important. Right. I really didn't, but it turns out, I think, I think I was wrong. And, and you can mark this down, ladies and gentlemen, the first time the real Dan Kelly has ever been wrong in his life. 25 years, maybe a record. Don't know where my plaque is. But I, <laughs> I, I think that the fact that Josh Allen disappears every season for a game or two. He has a game where he doesn't perform mm. the same way that he performs in those other 15 games. He has those games where he's – the leader in the MVP race. And I don't care about that at all. I do not care about the fact that he's the leader in the MVP race. And then he's third, you know, the next week. But the reason he drops is because he doesn't have a performance that is outstanding, right? He's still very good, but he's not doing it consistently enough. So I'm going to say to improve Josh Allen's game, I need to see consistency. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think that because you would think, oh, he's one of the more consistent uh, players in the league. And maybe he is, but, but we need more of it. We mm-hmm. we do. And I think that that's the only thing I can mm-hmm. think of. I was thinking play action, eh, Rich? So I went into research on uh, play action. Uh, the Bills are like fourth, fourth in the league at utilizing play action. So I couldn't discuss that. I couldn't discuss the deep ball because Josh Allen was first in the league at uh, deep ball accuracy last season. So I had to come up with something for Josh. I like Allen. it. I like and I'm it interested to see what you came up with for number 17, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Well, I, luckily I came up with two because you took one of them, okay. right? And and <laughs> but I think but I think it, it's it's you know it's a great call by yourself and whoever else thought of it as well. 
Uh, consistency is important. We we as fans, and I believe Josh himself, because Josh, I'm, I believe Josh Allen, with all the naysayers and spectators, he is his biggest critic. I I I really believe that. So consistency is definitely something that 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 needs to happen. We have to we we want to see playoff Josh Allen for the entire season, right? That's the type of that's the type of that's the Josh Allen we want to see. We want to see Josh Allen game in game out play like he did in the playoffs and 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 win MVP and be that MVP caliber quarterback. So definitely agree with consistency. He had last year in 2021, Josh Allen had four multi-pick games, right? Versus Patriots in the playoffs, which Sean broke NFL history versus broke NFL. Yes, Dilly, I uh, agreed 100%. Josh Allen did break off. Uh, okay, I, I was history. I was so confused by this that my web my web browser <laughs> went crazy and kicked me out. All right, this comment here from Dilly Dilly Dale. Yeah, Josh broke uh, history in the playoffs because the Bills didn't punt and they scored on every possession minus the yes. last one of the game. Right, mm-hmm. Gabriel Davis scored four touchdowns against the Chiefs and it's the most ever. Does that mean he can't get any better? No, it does not mean that at all. Okay, I and we want to, and that's where consistency comes in. We want to see what we saw in the playoffs this season for the for, one, one for the entire season. Does not define you. It does right. not define you. I do not care. I'm sorry that my stuff went crazy backwards. No, there. you're fine. You're fine. So, in but the regular, man, that, that so I don't like that one, Dilly Dilly Dilly. I like a lot of your takes, but we got a lot of people saying. Uh, Allen inconsistency, stuff like that. And I see um, another comment here. Where did this one go? I had my comments ready, and then my thing decided to go all wild. Spin, not sure he can improve. Uh, Allen's career is about consistency and decision-making. I think he can definitely improve. I think he can definitely improve moving forward. This one from Jim. Yep. Josh, he needs to work on ball placement because of the lackluster yards after catch. I don't know if the yards after catch is Josh Allen's fault. I think that's kind of on the receivers to be able to break away mm-hmm. and break some tackles along the way. But I do like that one, Jim. I think Akeem, it's a combination. Back oh, to you. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. I think it's a combination of, of receivers and play calls in terms of yards, yards after catch. But, yeah, again, consistency. He had four games where he threw uh, multi, multi-pick games, right? Four games where he threw multi-pick games. Uh, he had less than 60% completion percentage in nine out of 17 games last year. So Josh Allen, we definitely want to see that uh, consistent Josh Allen, that playoff Josh Allen for the majority of this upcoming season. Another thing he can improve on Josh Allen is, again, taking care of the football. In Josh Allen's four-year career, he's fumbled the ball 39 times. That's that's basically how, how that's many how many times has fumbles. he recovered? How many ten times has he recovered his own fumble? <laughs> that's to, my I, question. Because I have to look it up. I feel, I feel like he's probably recovered a handful of those. A great comment here from Jenna. Josh always comes back from heartbreaking losses. The Texans game, obviously, we know how that worked. The Hale Murray against the Cardinals. Feel like he's going to be out for blood in 2022. Jenna, you're not alone. Everybody feels that way, but it mm-hmm. it's not about feeling anymore, right? It's not about feeling like the Bills are there. The Bills are there, okay? We know that they're on the doorstep. It's just about getting over that hump. And according to a lot of you, it's about consistency. It's about deep ball placement. Uh, Somebody said over-the-shoulder throws. I think that was uh, spin. I I don't know how you can 
define this or categorize it or research this in any kind of way. But um, maybe, maybe this is what he needs to get better. We know that Josh Allen is a top three quarterback in the league Mm -hmm. and he will improve four years in the league is all he's had thus far. Mm -hmm. So we just got to see what, what this year has in store for him. And Akeem being that you talked about his turnovers, do you want to see him running the football less? Uh, During the regular season, most definitely. Most definitely during the regular season, I would like to see uh, Josh Allen, if he's if he's going to take off, it's more under his own will where the play breaks down. I can see it more as opposed to design run plays. Uh, so, yes, I would like I would like for the, the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills organization to try to keep Josh Allen out of harm's way a bit. We know he's 6'5", 240, 250 pounds, can run over DEs and linebackers, but that doesn't mean we want him to do it all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So definitely keep him in harm's out of harm's way. And then in the playoffs, once we get to the playoffs, it's anything goes. Throw all caution to the wind. <laughs> anything goes in the playoffs. But in the season, I mean, you want to save I his mean, body. Josh Allen was not only the quarterback in that Chiefs game, he was the running back too, especially on that last drive and in, in regulation. It was like it was the Josh Allen game. Hey, take the snap, run. Take the snap, run. That was just the method. But let's move on to the next offensive starter. And this one, I'm not, I'm not as confident in at all. Devin Singletary, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about him last week, and we talk about him every week because he's always a topic of conversation. What, what can Singletary do, right? He's in a contract year. The Bills just took a running back in the second round. How much does he believe in himself at this point? So for Devin Singletary, man, I really don't know if there is a way he can improve, Akeem. Like, he, he has a good average. His his yards per carry is very high. We talked about that last week. I believe it was up above uh, 4.7 maybe it was. He's a middle-of-the-pack running back, and now you took away his receiving game. Now that he had much of one anyway, you took away his ability to do that by drafting James Cook. So I don't think Singletary can really do that much unless they, they make him the workhorse, like you mentioned earlier on, and they, they give them that chance, I don't expect it. I expect the Bills to stay a heavy passing attack, maybe averaging less than 20 carries per game by running backs at least. And possibly you're right, you know, possibly right about that. We'll see how much, <clears throat> how heavy of a passing attack Ken Dorsey will have uh, in, in his playbook. But uh, I do think – I, <clears throat> I like that one. Jim Graham, I like that one. I do think um, Devin Singletary could get better. I think I, I think as long as Devin Singletary continues to do what he does in the offseason, we see the work that we put that he puts in with his body. We see that he works hard. Uh, we see even when he's uh, in the game, the way he works in place, he's always helping everybody up. I think he has the right mind state. I think he has the right work ethic. As the, the, the key with Devin Singletary, in my opinion, is the usage, right? And the usage, he going, he's going to have to get usage by showing that he is capable of being that guy. So if he can show the Buffalo Bills coaching staff that he is indeed capable of being that guy and continue to run the ball like he did last year and then last year, I think his usage will pick up. And if his usage pick up, I think his numbers as an individual will increase. So I think that is the way, the only way, in my opinion, that Devin Singletary could improve continue to show the buffalo bills coaching staff that you are capable of doing your job so your usage will pick up and your individual uh performance and statistics 
will uh, progress as well. It seems like at this point, though, he's he's fighting for nothing, right? Because unless he puts up a top 10 season in terms of running backs in the NFL, I don't think the Bills are going to give him a contract. And if he does put up that kind of season, the Bills aren't even going to be able to afford him for a contract. So really, like, what what do you have to play for? And, and I'm not questioning Devin Singletary. I'm just saying, like, the coaching staff hasn't put much faith into him. Now, do we know if that was Brian Dable? I, I don't know. Uh, frankly, I don't. We said probably, it before. Well, probably about to find out. We don't work in the front office for the Buffalo Bills. We'd love to. Give us a call. Um, it, we don't know those. We don't have those answers. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see if it will work. I, I think Singletary is great at making the first defender miss. I think he's missing, you know, that speed. We talk about it all the time. He does not have the breakaway speed that maybe a running back should have. We have the built-in Buffalo account in here. I think they will use Devin early on because of trust. But Cook may finish the season as RB one. Who is that? Who who's who's on the built in Buffalo Facebook right now? <laughs> Come on in. I think that might be Izzy. <laughs> uh, love it. I love it. Let's move on hmm. to the number one wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs. Hey, Rich, you kick us <laughs> off here, and and I'll I'll end us on Diggs because I'm I'm curious to see if we have the same the same thought process on Mr. Diggs, the guy who can. Get two women on Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. Uh, this one is interesting, right? Kind of like it's it's it, it's kind of similar. It's to T on of... Facebook. Okay, <laughs> great to see you, T. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Oh, that's the sis T. What's going on, T? Uh, Diggs. How can Diggs get better? Diggs can get better by. Uh, and this was a this was a pretty tough one. This was a tough one, and of course, a couple, a couple of names on the defensive side of the ball was pretty tough as well. But this can get better by uh, continuing to be that number one receiver, right? Okay. Because what does what do what do great players do? Great players give other players opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are a number one receiver and you're playing like a true and bona fide number one receiver, you're going to get the the brunt of that attention. And once you get that attention, it leaves other guys open to make plays and be an impact as well. So I think as long as Devin Singletary can continue to be that alpha male number one wide receiver, like he's been since the day. Stefan Diggs. I'm so I'm sorry. That's a uh, singletary. Stefan yes. Diggs. If Stefan Diggs can continue to be that uh, uh, alpha male number one wide receiver that he's been since he's come to the Buffalo Bills, then I think he would be he would ultimately be better as an individual, and he will be looked at as a guy that's now making the players around him better because of what he's capable of doing as an individual. So just like Josh Allen in consistency, uh, Stefan Diggs, stay consistent, be that number one receiver, be that alpha male. And as long as he is that, that makes Stefan Diggs a little better. That um, excuse me, that makes uh, uh, Gabriel Davis a little better. That makes Jameson Crowder a little better and Isaiah McKenzie, because now they will have opportunities because of the attention Stefan Diggs will continue, continue to garner. I like it. A little bit of a cop out, a little bit of a cop out, staying consistent, but I, I see where you were going and I'm about to improve upon it here in a second. But before we get to that, I want to get some, some more comments here from the last uh, conversation on Singletary. Uh, Jim, Justin uh, and Lone Wolf all talking about the offensive line in terms of Singletary. Mm-hmm. 
I agree, but he can't control that. He can't control the way the offensive line plays. He can control the way he sees how the offensive line plays, and that would be in terms of vision, which uh, I believe Jim mentioned as well. But he can't control how well they're going to play, you know, each and every game. So that's kind of why I didn't go offensive line because I didn't think it, it made much sense. Uh, Jen, Jenna says, Diggs, she would say uh, yards after catch. Jim kind of agrees with you. Diggs do digs. Mm -hmm. Spin agrees with me for the first time in a long time. Continuing is not getting better. Continuing is keeping the status quo. So maybe this is an agreement with you, A. Rich. I'm a little confused by this one. Anyway, mm -hmm. the way that Stefan Diggs can get better. Well, first of all, the, over the last two years, over 1,000 yards both times. The first year in Buffalo broke the record for most yards with a new team. Ten total touchdowns last year. Very good. Mm -hmm. Man, the only thing he needs to do better is he needs to take over games. We don't see that often from Stefan Diggs. We don't see a game where he – I need him to demand the ball. That's what I think I need. I need there to be situations where Diggs goes to Allen and says, I'm open. I don't care if there's somebody on me. I am open because he is that guy and he can be that guy. But the Bills like to do a lot of, you know, moving the ball around to everybody and, and they pass it around and there's a lot of targets on this team. And I agree there, but sometimes I just need to see him be a dog, more of a focal point on the offense because there are some games when, when we don't see his name pop up as much. I believe in that Kansas City playoff game, we did not hear Stefan Diggs' name enough, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that his next level is kind of the opposite of what you were saying, but it kind of goes in, into it as well. Mm -hmm. You said that you want him to, to take more to give the other guys a chance. I just want him to, to take more. I want him to take more. And in turn, it's going to give the other guys a chance, but I want him to, to be the focal point more often moving forward. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm not opposed to it as all, uh, uh, at all. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills, we have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, that's what make them even more dangerous. Not only having a number one receiver, but having a bunch of receivers that you can go to at any time. So um, uh, I, I, I like the I like the synopsis there. Uh, take over a game. Go ahead. Take over a game. We know we know he's covered. Say you're not covered anyway, and and, and get the damn football and show why you are indeed a dog in this NFL. I like show that. why you're being paid what you're being paid too. I mean, mm -hmm. you're you're being paid a hefty penny. Spin says Diggs was the most important wide receiver in the in the Kansas City game. I mean, analytically, I would have to say no because Gabriel Davis went for 200 yards and four touchdowns. I see your point a little spin as he was, you know, taking the coverage away. But mm -hmm. it's not like Diggs was being triple teamed in that game. They just weren't going to him. Gabriel Davis was was the guy they, they were going to. And that's okay. But in those big moments, you need your big guys to show up. And Diggs's stat line for that night did not show up. Now, if the Bills win that game, are we talking about that? Probably not. We're probably not going to talk about it, to be honest. So, so I, I can, I can see where you're coming with it. I just don't quite agree with you. Moving on, a rich. We're staying in the wide receiver room. Most receiving touchdowns ever in an NFL playoff game. But Gabriel Davis has an even higher ceiling. A rich. How does he reach it? How does Gabriel Davis get better this upcoming season for the Bills? Gabriel Davis is is entering his third season in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. He is finally looked at as the 
uh, number two wide receiver on the team. There's no. You think so? I think so. I, I, I you know, that Emmanuel Sanders is not walking through that door. No veteran receiver is walking through that door at his position. So I think that the Buffalo Bills organization is giving him every opportunity to be that number two wide receiver. What plagued Gabriel Davis to have uh, a slower start last year or didn't have the same type of season he had uh, his rookie season? Uh, I think a lot of that is injury. I think he was injured the last couple of years, even though he played well and he still played. I think that ankle injury was uh, a bothersome injury for Gabriel Davis, and I think it hampered him to end in his rookie year, and I think it hampered him uh, the first half of the season last year. So I think health is is Gabriel Davis' most important trait right now. We okay. he wants to, he wants to prove that he can remain healthy and be out there for a full season, a full seventeen game slate. Because if he does, Gabriel Davis is going to break out. He's going to be a, a a thousand yard receiver this season if he can stay healthy. So in my opinion, Gabriel Davis can get better by becoming a more durable football player, and then hence that would uh that would uptick his individual performance as well. So health. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I don't because Akeem, again, you're mentioning stuff that they don't have a decision in a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you, you can, you can avoid a hit. You can avoid a hit and, and stay healthy, but sometimes the injury bug just, just comes to bite you. I like it though, because Gabriel Davis did have problems with that ankle and, and I, I see where you're going. I see where you're going for sure. So uh, let me ask oh, you a question. Let me ask you a question well, right quick. One second, one second, mm-hmm. one second, Akeem. A lot of people going on about if Diggs, you know, isn't in that game, does Gabriel Davis have that type of game? We're not saying that. It, it's just the fact that the numbers are the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. What Stefan Diggs did on the field against Kansas City can probably not be explained by you, me, or anybody that isn't in the NFL. The, the way that he put people on skates and the way that he made it easy for Gabriel Davis. I'm not saying – you know, we don't appreciate Stefan Diggs. I'm just saying that you, you need him to show up in those moments more in the stat sheet. Akeem, back to your question. Sorry. Question uh, uh, you wasn't prepared for. A question you're not prepared okay. for. I'm not prepared you, for any you, question. Go on. You talk, you, you spoke about Gabriel Davis and injuries. Well, mm-hmm. let, let, let's talk about injuries. Is is injuries, have, have the Buffalo Bills been doing with injuries since Sean McDermott came to one bill's drive there hasn't been a ton of they've been doing injuries very well when it comes is that to is that a fluke or is that something that they're doing correctly because it's been it's been he's going in his fifth season and the buffalo bills i mean i gotta knock on wood because this season's coming up but the significance of injuries for the buffalo bills during sean mcdermott's tenure i mean we had trey white with an acl last year but besides that man for a combative sport uh, the team has done a, an amazing job with, with injuries. Now, I know you could get hit here, hit there, but I got to give some credit to, to, the, to the medical staff for that. I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think it's a fluke at all because ever since McDermott came to town, the Bills before McDermott were, was an injury hotspot. It was like the Chargers over here. It was like the Ravens over here where people were going down on a regular basis. Scott and Spin um, – we can agree to disagree. Let's move on from that. Let's move on from that dig stuff. Uh, I'm done with it. So please move on to the next uh, conversation we're in here with uh, Gabriel Davis. But, hey, Rich, I have something he can get better at that's not uh, injury concerns. 
and it's drops. It's drops from Gabriel Davis. He needs to, first of all, prove to the front office he can be a number one receiver. He hasn't been targeted enough to to be in that role, right? Emmanuel Sanders was kind of that guy last year, and he had some injury concerns as well. He had some injury problems. I think that's probably half the reason that he's not in the NFL anymore at this point. O-line had injuries, says Paul. Yes, I believe so. So maybe he's spoken a little hole in your theory there, A. Rich. But I think he needs to work on, like you like you mentioned with Singletary, proving to the front office that he can be that guy. That's what Gabriel Davis needs to do. He needs to be consistent. He's he's always been a good um, toe tapper on the sidelines. We, we know that. And we know what he can do based on the fact that he did it against Kansas City. Davis is part of the Diggs combo, so technically he's still on topic. No, Spin. No, it is not. <laughs> so a, a, a quick stat on Gabriel Davis that I found. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, eh, Rich. You said this is going into year three in the NFL for Gabriel Davis. Do you know what he's averaging per catch? 16.7 yards per catch. 16.4 yards. You're very Man, close. close. And, that, and that's off the dome, too. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's off the dome. 16.4 yards per catch. Now, that's insane, right? It's crazy. But there needs to be more targets his way. There needs to be more balls thrown his way. And now, does that contradict the point I made with Stefan Diggs? A little bit. It, it does a little bit. And, and I'll, I'll be honest there. Sometimes you got to pass the ball around. Other times you have to look for your guides. And there's always going to be games like that where sometimes Davis may take over. Sometimes Diggs may take over. Maybe it's a Knox day, right? Maybe it's a James Cook day. Mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie had a day mm-hmm. last season mm-hmm. against the Patriots. So it, it happens where those guys have it. But Gabriel Davis, I, I like I like the injury stuff. I don't like the injury stuff. Right, I like the right. point you made on right. the uh, injury concerns. But I think that there is more for Gabriel Davis as well. And he's still a very young player. Yeah, going into his third season, young, young player, young player. I think uh, he and a lot of uh, some people was talking about short routes and certain things like and certain things of that nature. Uh, young player going into his third year, he can improve on a little bit of everything. Everybody, everything could be a little crisper, a little sharper in terms of the intricacies to his game. So, uh, we'll see what they, uh, Gabriel Davis does this year as a as a number two wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Justin says, "Love Davis's toe drag swag. We love it too." Dilly dilly Dale Davis, fifty six point six catch percentage. I think it can get better. I, I think he needs to be targeted more as well. If you're a number two wide receiver, I'd like to see the average, if you can, Dilly Dilly Dale, for a, a wide receiver's catch rate. I think if no. you're one of the one of the be- better in the league, I know Diggs does not have – I know he's in the 90s, I'm, I believe, the 90%. And Spin says, Davis lives in the intermediate zones where it's the perfect range for Allen's arm strength. I like that. And and maybe maybe his routes are just leading to him getting open more. Than Stefan Diggs. And if Stefan Diggs is um, getting double covered, of course, it's going to leave room for Gabriel Davis to improve. We're staying in the wide receiver room, which bothers me a little bit, but it's the last one so they can stop talking about Stefan Diggs for a minute. Hey, Rich. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie, of course, re signed by the Buffalo Bills in free agency. A little bit, a little bit of a surprise, maybe especially for the discount that they got for him. But I think for Isaiah McKenzie, it, it's it's about more reps at the wide receiver position. He was only targeted for 20 passes last year. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they need to decide what to do with him, right? Do they want him to be this guy who's like Debo Samuel Light, and he plays wide receiver sometimes, other times he plays running back, other times he's your kick returner, he's your punt returner, whatever, right? Or do they want him to be 
your slot wide receiver. Is this going to be Jamison Crowder? I don't know. If you want to talk about Jamison Crowder, A. Rich, more power to you. I went with Isaiah McKenzie because I feel like he's he's more in this position, I guess. Or maybe a more interesting player a little bit. I don't I don't know why I went Isaiah McKenzie, to be honest. I had a hard time picking a third wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. And, uh, and it's interesting you went Isaiah McKenzie over Jamison Crowder. I guess not interesting. He's a Buffalo Bill. He's been with – he's had the 10 years. So, so you would have went Jamison Crowder. I don't know. I probably still would have went McKenzie there. I probably okay. still would have went okay. McKenzie. So okay. uh, how can McKenzie become greater? So what I would do, I think it's – I think the coaches have to help him a little bit here. I, I, okay. Of course, as an individual, you're going to improve your game in the offseason. But I think the coaches can help him – by this we're gonna Isaiah McKenzie sit down take a seat I would like to talk I would like to discuss some things with you Isaiah I'm taking your ass off special teams I'm taking you off punt return I'm taking you off kick return I believe you can be an above average slot receiver in this NFL if you get uh primary focus in reps at that one position I do believe it hinders your game a little bit somewhere when you're kick returning, punt returning, and receiver. I don't know where it hinders your game, but it hinders your game somewhere where you can't be the best Isaiah McKenzie you could be, even though you're pretty good at showing the flashes a little bit of everywhere. And hey, so Rich, I think it comes it becomes situational too, right? Maybe if you need a huge return and you're in a tough game, maybe you throw McKenzie out there, right? Maybe you're mm -hmm. like, hey, we need you for this time. But maybe he shouldn't be out there every single week. If, right. if you're playing the Atlanta Falcons and you're up by 20, should Isaiah McKenzie really be back there? Like, you you need him in other positions possibly moving forward. So if if we were to talk about Jamison Crowder, mm -hmm. because I know I know you're always ready. You're you're a King Rich and King Rich mm -hmm. underscore nine eight seven from BIB. You're always ready for my questions. Jamison Crowder, what do you think he can do better, or what do you think he brings to this offense? That wasn't here before. Uh, Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder has an, an opportunity to bring some uh, a competitive. Veteran leadership. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, that's who, that's who. <laughs> I, I, I think he can bring uh, more yards after the catch with the football in his hands. I, okay. think, I think he can be that guy. But that, so when I look at when I when I think about Jameson Crowder, though, the play that always sticks out to me is him catching that pass short and Tremaine Edmonds, 6'5", 250 pounds, have an opportunity to catch to tackle 5'8", 5'9", 200 pound Jameson Crowder. And Jameson Crowder runs through the Tremaine Edmonds tackle and proceeds to score the touchdown. Right. So that that one play sticks out to me. And I, I automatically say, hey, Cole Beasley. I love Cole Beasley, but Cole he Beasley could never. He couldn't. Be, he couldn't do that. <laughs> Cole Beasley could. Not, he could not do that. So I think Jameson Crowder brings uh, the ability to catch the ball short and and make big impact plays happen. I think the combination of a Jameson Crowder and a and a Shakir have the opportunity to improve on that particular uh, statistics with. Uh, the yards after catch or, or or yards with the football in the hands. I forgot the exact statistic, but I think those two individual players have the opportunity to improve that team statistic for the Buffalo Bills. So Jamison Crowder, definitely a, 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 a guy that you want to get the ball in his hands and see what he could do with it in terms of yards af after the catch opportunities.
Justin says Beasley would have fallen down immediately. I think I can, I think I can agree on that. And of course, you know, consistency is going to get mocked. I understand, Justin. I understand. But hey, it's hard, okay? The Buffalo Bills have a very talented roster. And hey, Rich, I'm going to let you know right now, we've, we've been going through the offense at, at a pretty good pace. I think maybe the defense is best saved for last week. We'll get into the rookies okay. in a little bit. So I think we're going to save the defensive talk for next week okay. and keep, keep rocking with the offense for now. And we're moving on. To Mr. Tight End University, Dawson Knox, who last season, and this is quiet, because I know he had a really good year last year, A. Rich, but did you know that he, he tied the league lead for touchdowns by a tight end? Yes, I did know that. Also, you did know or, that or, with, yeah. with nine touchdowns? I, yep. I didn't know he was that high. I knew yeah. he had a lot of touchdowns. I didn't realize he was first, tied for first, of course. Mm-hmm. So what can he get better at? Honestly, it's it's progression at this point, you know, another year in the NFL. He also averaged 12 yards per catch, A. Rich. That's over a first down per catch. So how can he get better? He's having a hard time with this one. I think he become he can become a better blocker in the run game because I, I look at him primarily as an athletic wide receiver. Like that that's that's really what it looks like. Can he work on the drops? Of course, Justin. Of course. He can work on the drops, especially against the New England Patriots in that game where Mac Jones threw three passes, especially in a game like that. He can work on the drops. But I think overall, better blocker, and most importantly, just the security blanket. If Allen needs you know, somewhere to go when he's in distress, which isn't very often because he'll just roll out, but I want him to become – I don't know. I really don't. Dawson Knox is a weird one for me, eh, Rich? What do you got for Mr. 88 of the Buffalo Bills? Uh, Dawson Knox. So here's the thing about him, right? Nine touchdowns last season. Uh, He had a, he had a solid season, but the very solid, I, I think he had a season where we look at it as fans a lot better than it actually is. Oh. I I think he had a season that we look at a lot better than realistically it was. I I hey, nine touchdowns, I love the nine touchdowns. I appreciate I appreciate the nine touchdowns. At the same time, 49 49 receptions, 587 yards at the tight end position. Those are not horrible numbers, but they're not they 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 those those numbers are not jumping out the window either, right? Okay, hey, Rich, I did not expect this, so I got mm-hmm. I got a question for you about this because mm-hmm. I, I want I want to see I want to see where you are, and I think you're going to be close to on the money here. Mm-hmm. Th- this conversation you're having, Dawson Knox being maybe a little overhyped by those mm-hmm. fans, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, not in a bad if, way, not in a bad way. Of course, mm-hmm. if you had to put him at a spot in the NFL in terms of tight ends, between one and thirty-two. Where would you put him? Uh, so earlier, a few months ago, I was riding the Dawson Knox train. I was high off Dawson Knox, and I and I put him in the top ten in tight ends, right? Um, today, I think he is a top fifteen tight end. Dawson top Knox. fifteen. Where? What number? Give me a number. Just give uh, me a number. Just just just, 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 just spew out a number. Just cause. I, 12th, 11th or twelfth. So before this show went live about four and a half hours ago, the real Dan Kelly was doing his research as he always does. Very smart man. Mm-hmm. I found I found some tight end rankings. A hey, rich Dawson Knox was ranked the 12th 
Best tight end in the league. Dang, I'm pretty good at this shit. Yeah, oh, you, you are, man. And that's why I wanted to, wanted to shout you out real quick. Uh, Spin says Dawson Knox didn't have a problem with drops last season. But here's the he thing. had a problem with drops uh, against the New England Patriots. Hey, Patriots, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I and, think that I think that game happened last season. Yep, and that and that right there. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan Kelly. That's what that's what we need Dawson Knox to improve on. In my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, Dawson Knox had a very good season, but he had a good season like this. Hey. The Buffalo Bills, they have Gabriel Davis, they have Cole Beasley, they have Singletary, they have Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah. They got Dawson Knox, too, right? And, He's and kind that, of the forgotten man. And, 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 I, and because of that, I think statistically he thrived because of that, where if you look on the other side of the spectrum when he kind of had to be the focal point a la New England Patriots game, when he was mm-hmm. consistently getting the ball thrown to him, he started getting the dropsies, right? So now I think Dawson Knox can improve on being from being a, a afterthought within the Buffalo Bills offense to proving that he can be a focal point in, like the Buff- in the Buffalo Bills offense. So I think that's the next step in progression for Dawson Knox. I like it. Izzy's out here. Everybody, if you haven't already, please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Share it if you're on Facebook. Tell all your friends. Tell all your enemies. Tell anyone who will listen to you about the conflict of interest on the built-in Buffalo Network every Tuesday at 8.15. Shameless plug, of course. (laughs) Jenna out here needs to work on chemistry with Josh. I think that that could be discussed as well, chemistry with Josh Allen moving forward. I think that they have a pretty good one so far, but it can always be better. Spin says, think Knox is around 10. Jim says 10. Justin, seven or eight. A little high, maybe from Justin. Um, Weidermeyer being talked about by Paul. I I don't know, man. I don't even know. Maybe a practice squad guy. Hopefully no one no one grabs him. I don't think he, he may make the 53. Lone Wolf says, Knox averages less than three catches per game based on the math that you gave of his last season. That's not very good. Not very good to average that. Dave out here with a hot, hot. Very hot take, Akeem. Very hot take here from Dave. Is that Lewandowski? <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. That is indeed very hot, Dave. I don't know yeah. about that. And yeah, Spin, that. we are take. not expecting, not expecting perfection from any player. Mm-hmm. Me and Akeem are not here saying, Josh mm-hmm. Allen needs to throw zero interceptions next season. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that the Bills need to win every game. Would mm-hmm. we love it? Uh, yes, of mm-hmm. course we would. But mm-hmm. you can't say he did not have a problem with drops last season if he had problems with drops last season. I think probably everybody has problems with drops. Maybe one guy I can name for you, maybe Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe Larry Fitzgerald won a season without a drop. I really wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he did. He has more tackles in his career than drop passes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing about Dawson Knox, and and he and he definitely improved his drop rate, right? So what mm-hmm. happens? What happens when you have a lot of weapons? And I'm not taking nothing away from Dawson Knox, but when you have a lot of weapons like the Buffalo Bills have, and they get the ball spread around to those weapons, and then uh, the ball comes Dawson Knox way, he's getting he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of catchable passes. He's getting a lot of catchable okay. balls. He's getting, he, he's getting he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of opportunities when it's time to make an opportunity and he's 
uh, unlike years past, a couple of years before that, when he did get the attempt to uh, catch the ball two or three times a game, he would drop that attempt. You know, as opposed to last year, he caught those attempts. So it looks as if that Dawson Knox did improve because essentially he did. But what he we did want, improve. But he did we improve, improve. But we need now, it again. <laughs> and, and this, what we need more now is if Josh Allen goes to Dawson Knox twelve times, how much times is he going to catch the ball in that game? You know, can he catch? Can he catch ten out of twelve targets? Can he catch nine out of twelve targets? So that's the progression I want to see from Dawson Knox from year three to year four. I like it. Justin says the expectation wasn't there. I think he definitely exceeded expectations, especially given all the other options on the team. Are you, are you talking Do- uh, Dawson Knox here, Justin? Because I think, so. I think I think he did have expectations. You know, co- coming out of school, he he was raw at first, and he didn't have a great rookie season, but he improved. And mm-hmm. and props to him. We're not saying that Dawson Knox is bad. I believe we call nah. him top fifteen, top yeah. fifteen tight end in the league. Mm-hmm. Definitely not bad at all. Mm-hmm. But he he has room to improve, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I will I will tell you, when it comes to defense, A. Rich already alluded to it. We had some some problems with defense because it's stacked, man. How mm-hmm. how can you say Von Miller needs to get better at this? Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to know the answer to that, please stay tuned for next week's edition of the Conflict of Interest. But before we let you guys go, we are going to talk about some of the rookies taken by the Buffalo Bills, brought to you. By my man, Akeem Richens. So, Akeem, these questions belong to you. And I think I'm, I'm going to take a couple. So, so g- give us some some on Kair Elam. What do you think about Kair Elam going into this season? And before I even – before I even – I apologize, Dan Kelly. Before I even um, assess that, I, I, I wanted to bring up this comment. Because you, you know what? I appreciate, I appreciate you calling out spin, so I don't have to always do it. So here, so and I think Gabe Davis, you know, I think Spin made a great point. Gabe Davis has a worse dropping drop dropping problem than than Dawson Knox. So, um, so when I talked about Gabe Davis, I brought up that he needs to catch more targets. So go right. on, sorry. No, no, yeah, and I and, and I caught that, and I caught that, and um, and here here's what I would say to that. I think that you know Dawson Knox is a tight end, right? The yep. tight end position is a is glorified because it, it's not talked about with the Buffalo Bills because we had Cole Beasley, right? But the tight end position is a glorified safety blanket for the quarterback, right? So why is it? Uh, why do we call tight end safety blankets? Because they're the ones that have the opportunity to catch the easier balls, easier footballs, easier opportunities. Uh, tight ends unless you're unless you're one of those Darren Wallace Travis Kelsey that gets the ball like a receiver then that's different right but that is a wide receiver basically <laughs> but see with, with Gabriel Davis the reason why I don't harp on percentages in terms of his drop rate even though we probably wanted to improve is because we 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 also alluded to a stat earlier in the show 16.4 yards per reception so those he's catching the ball 16 yards downfield. We don't know if catching the ball. Dawson Knox might be catching, have a better percentage of catching the ball, but it could be eight yards down the field, one play, four yards down the field, another play, five yards here, seven yards here, six yards there. 16.4 yards per reception. All right, Gabriel Rich, David. I'm sorry. Another comment here from Spin. Spin, I don't know if you're drinking the whiskey tonight or what's going on, <laughs> He's buddy. On it. He's on it. But, but listen, man. It's not about comparing players to players to players to players. Every player right. in the league can get better at something. 
Tom right. Brady, the most hated man in Buffalo, New York, can get better at something. Facts are facts. I agree with you 100%. But just because we, we mention a player, Travis Kelsey, better than Dawson Knox, just because his drop rate is better than Travis Kelsey, that's what I don't like about stats. Stats can paint a picture that isn't true. You, you can look at somebody who threw one pass for a completion. I believe it was Mohamed Sanu from when he was on the Atlanta Falcons. He was throwing passes as a wide receiver. He went six for six. He had the highest passer rating every single year, <laughs> those years, because he threw two passes per season for three years. Does that mean he's the best quarterback in the league? It definitely does not mean that. So, so stats can be confusing in a way. So we're not saying Dawson Knox can't get better. We're not saying Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end in the history of football. Everyone can improve. And Izzy, Travis Kelsey is a safe a safety blanket, which yeah, Dawson yeah. Knox has not been, which mm-hmm. Dawson Knox has not been as of yet. And then I want to get to this comment here from Jim. Perfect. Look at what we're saying about Buffalo compared to years past. This is awesome. This is awesome, Jim, and it's awesome because you're out here. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. Thank you for being here. Thanks and as much as, as much as it's awesome, it's also very stressful. It's very stressful cheering for a successful team who's supposed to be there, but they're just not there yet, eh, Rich? Let's get back to Kyir Elam before this vein in my forehead pops out. Gotcha. Let's do it. What do you got, eh, Rich? Kyir Elam, first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. What, what do you expect from Elam this season? Uh, first, talk about the obvious that he brings, right? Size, speed, versatility. He 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 automatically comes in and, and trumps the Buffalo Bills secondary in those departments. So I think that is uh, not even not even having the coach, not even have to use your coaching prowess as the organization bringing that type of them type of attributes to the secondary is an, indeed an improvement on his own on himself, right? But in terms of expectations expectations for Kair Elam. Uh, I expect uh, Kyrie to come in and 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 make an impact early. I'm, I expect him to come and make an impact from um, from week one. And I'm not saying Tre'Davious White kind of impact where you should be up for running for the rookie of the year or defensive mm-hmm. rookie of the year of them sorts. But I'm saying that uh, Kyrie Elam should come in if Tre'Davious White is not healthy, if he's not ready, he should be able to come in week one. And 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 fill that void. Probably not to that highest of levels as a as a all pro cornerback, but be able to fill that void, make plays, be serviceable, not get picked on by opposing quarterbacks, and 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 make plays. Use his length, his athletic uh, and versatility to to make plays in that Buffalo Bills secondary. Now, uh, it's tackling. That's the only thing I'm concerned with. Tackling is is what I want to see. From Kyer Elam, can he aggressively and consistently tackle the the carrier with the football? Because if he can, then I expect him to stay on the field with Tre'Davious White when Tre'Davious White is healthy. If he cannot, then Dane Jackson is going to be on the field when. Tre'Davious and we already White know the slot cornerback position is filled by Taron Johnson. That's so correct. he's not he's not going to be taking that position. So before I get into Kyer Elam, I want to get to some more comments here. Lone Wolf with a Great comment here. People get fixated on stats and define a player with them. It's true. Happens all the time. Some guys are labeled as as goats for certain stats, and some guys are labeled as wotes, worst of all times right there, Akeem. You like that? I like that. (laughs) Justin says Kelsey gets way more targets. Of course, that's going to affect the percentage. Spin. We're not here to 
disagree all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so we can, we can agree to disagree here. We, we understand your point and we thank you for being here as always. Jim says he's from Alabama. So tell me, so tell you what, Jim, I'm very confused. (laughs) Spin says happy. If Elam is on par with Wallace and this is what I want to get into this comment here. And then um, John as well, Elam better be better than Wallace. It's it's not logical thinking, okay? It, it really isn't. I think maybe Kyir Elam is a better football player than Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace, of course, went undrafted into the NFL. Kyir Elam, a first-round pick. Levi Wallace also has experience on his side, three years in the NFL. Not to mention the fact that he was a part of the number one secondary in the NFL last season. You said you expect Kyir Elam to get off to a hot start, A. Rich, right? Come in, come in and, and play well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. Because listen to this. Listen to this. Los Angeles Rams week one. Who's he going to be on? Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. Very hard wide receivers to, to cover, especially probably as a rookie. Now, Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown's gone. Maybe it's a little less. Miami Dolphins, you have Tyree Kill. You have Jalen Waddell. Baltimore Ravens, maybe not as much. But there, there are these players that are going to be hard. You got the Packers, you got the Chiefs, mm-hmm. you got the Vikings, Jay Jettas, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be better than Wallace from the start. What I'm expecting is a little bit of bad football from Kyrie maybe to start the season. Maybe he's not what everybody wants him to be. And maybe by week four, everybody's like, oh my God, the Bills spent a first round pick on Kyrie Lam when he's not performing. Maybe it takes a little longer. It's the cornerback position. It's a very hard position to play Packers don't have Adams left that's true spin but um they, they did take the the player in the second round what's his name Christian Wilkins, Think, Wilkins? no no not Miami the, the Packers wide receiver remember second uh, round? Christian uh Watson 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 yeah yep. and and maybe Aaron Rodgers makes a star out of him right and they have a tight end that is very dangerous and and there's going to be growing pains for Kyrie Lam. Mm-hmm. I really liked your point about, is he going to keep the wide receiver two job? When is Tredavious White going to come back? Stuff like that really matters, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping what Elam can do is come in and learn. Just learn behind Tredavious White and understand what it means to play. The, the good news is he's going to get reps, right? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want players to get reps right away. And maybe in a perfect world, the Bills re-sign Levi Wallace, and Kyrie Lam gets gets a little bit of time, you know, on on the field that's not on the field, right? But this is the situation where he's going to play right away. We yeah. know we know what's going to happen with Kyrie Lam. Yes. Jim Graham says if he could come in like Trayvon Diggs, it would be nice. Now, do you mean come in like Trayvon Diggs is in give give up the most yards in a season, or do you mean Trayvon Diggs is in intercept the most passes because I don't think Kyrie Lam is is a specialist at turnovers, right, Akeem? No, um, and of course, obviously things could change in the professional level, but as of right now, I don't I don't see him as as that type of that type of player. Um, what we hope is right because here's here see here's the thing cornerback. I agree with Dan. Cornerback <gasps> cornerback is definitely is indeed a very hard position to play but i think the buffalo bills coaching staff do a good job in 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 trying 
to make life easier for cornerbacks, right? I know Tre'Davious they, White. They is try great. very hard with those safeties in the in the back. Mm-hmm. Those safeties will will cover somebody. Jordan Poyer will come up, maybe cover a slot receiver. Maybe mm-hmm. Micah Hyde comes up and covers the tight end, and and like you said, makes life easier. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Kyrie Elam looks like the second coming of Deion Sanders because the Bills' uh, defense is so well coached because Leslie Frazier is, is, is so de- smart. Is a cornerback friendly. Think about it. E- EJ Gaines came to Buffalo. He left and he got paid. Kevin Johnson had a solid season for Buffalo. But some people probably forgot Kevin Johnson even played for the Buffalo Bills. Some people probably think I'm talking about a basketball player, Kevin Johnson, right now. But he was the cornerback for the Buffalo Bills who had a solid season. Kevin First round Johnson, pick of the Houston Texans. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson got paid. EJ Gaines, he left and got paid. Levi Wallace. Uh, left he didn't get paid. paid. He left. Oh, he, he left. Didn't he, get paid. He, 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 <laughs> he didn't get paid like we thought he would get paid, right? And uh, and Tre'Davious White got 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 his money from the Buffalo Bills. So the Buffalo Bills do a good job of 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 making cornerbacks uh, feel real comfortable within their defense, and we hoping that can transition and continue to carry over to uh, a Kair Elam. And this is the last comment before I want to move on to the other rookies that we're going to talk about. A lot of press man in college, maybe a little learning curve in the zone style defense the Bills play. Yes and no, Lone Wolf, just like always. The real Dan Kelly never makes any sense. Ask anybody. They'll they'll tell you the same thing. I don't make any sense ever. So yes and no. The Bills do play a lot of zone coverage. But what their draft picks told you this year is that they want to move into more man. And maybe you see a little bit more man coverage. It's not going to be a lot, I don't think. But you're going to see it a little more often than you have over the past seasons. Because otherwise, why do they take Kyrie Elam, right? If he's not going to fit your scheme, you're not going to take him. So they believe that he can play both zone and man at a high level. Do we believe it? I don't believe it yet. I haven't seen anything, right? The only thing I've seen is maybe OTA's highlights. And how much is that going to tell you? Mm-hmm. How much is that going to tell you? It's not going to tell you anything. So Kyrie Elam is going to have a, a hard start at least with the Rams right again we can agree on that I think so I, and you know and of course he's a rookie you got two of the best receivers in the NFL Super Bowl champion Rams and I think the ult- ultimately the hope is this right I spoke about guys that got paid and guys that look better than they obviously are the hope is is the Buffalo Bills their defense, their friendly defense can help Kyrie Elam in the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. Helping him along, gain his confidence, help him along, yeah. play that zone defense, play what's in front of you, make the tackle, make the play that's in front of you, build that confidence and get that experience. And later on, we hope that the uh, Kyrie Elam is now going to repay the Buffalo Bills back. He's like, okay, I got some seasoning in me. Uh, you built up my confidence. Now you need me to step up and play Tyreek Hill in the playoffs or Jalen Wallow in the playoffs or Devontae Adams in the playoffs in some man coverages. Maybe you got to mix up man coverages. Now I'm going to show you why you drafted me and show my length and my athletic ability and versatility because you was uh, patient with me to give me the confidence so I can show you my abilities later on in the season. So I think that's the hope from players, player and uh, organization. And guys, if you haven't already, please... Like, share, and subscribe if you haven't, please. Uh, we, we got a little bit more time to go here, A. Rich. And it's moving on to James Cook, the wide, the running back. Wide receiver, running back taken by the Bills here in the second round. Is he going to change the way the Bills play offense? Now, 
I think the answer to this, quite frankly, is easy. It's going to be no, because the Bills are going to play offense the same way they've been playing it for the last three years. It's going to be Josh Allen-centric. It's going to be Josh Allen-heavy. The question I want to ask you, Akeem, is what does having a receiving back do? Because if you have a receiving back and the other team knows he's a receiving back, how is he going to be successful? How is that going to work if when James Cook is on the field, if the defense is prepared for, hey, it's going to him, He's it's not going to be a handoff on this play, or it's most likely a pass, how does that bode well for the Bills? Well, you know, and it's it's, it's interesting. And again, this is this makes me think about what kind of offense Ken Dorsey's going to run as well, right? Because we didn't have this type of player, this type of dimension under uh, a Brian Dable. So when James, you don't think this is Matt Breida but younger? No, I think I think this is closer to Alvin Kamara. I, 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 I truly think that this is close okay. to Alvin Kamara. I think the, uh, I think, you know, first of all, the Buffalo Bills, they, they, they want to throw the ball shorter now, right? They, obviously, they had a pass heavy team. They're going to throw the ball all over the field. But Josh Allen, what, what did he rarely do? Check down, check down the football, throw it down to your backs. We started seeing it a little bit late last season when Josh Allen was starting to check down and throw to his running backs a little bit. Now I think the Buffalo Bills, they want to implement that and make that one of the staples of their offense. So I think James Cook is going to bring that versatility in, in, in package plays and third down sub package plays where he can line up at receiver uh, out the backfield or run routes out the backfield and, and have success. Because at the same time, like you said, teams may know James Cook is coming in on third down, but you still have to stop it. Right. Diggs is still out there. You can't pay James Cook so much attention that you forget about Diggs and Gabriel Davis and 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 the, the more impactful players. So at the end of the day, James Cook is still going to be lined up and matched up against a linebacker. He's still going to have the mismatches where he can take advantage of, of the defense and make things happen. So you can't do nothing about that when it's mano on a mano. So I think uh, James Cook is going to bring a, a package where. Uh, he's going to cause mismatch nightmare, night um mismatch nightmares in the short and intermediate pass uh pass defensive game uh for opposing defenses and give safeties and linebackers headaches. I think that's where he's going to thrive his rookie season. And once he gets older in terms of second and third year, I think he will be more of a focal point in terms of a workhorse back within the Bills offense. But this year, uh, uh a specialist for the Buffalo Bills. I like it. And Spin says defenses play pass already against the Bills, so another pass catcher should help, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Jim, linebacker one-on-one -on -one matchup, advantage Cook. Mm -hmm. Not always. It's not always that way. But I think one one area that this helps, right, that hasn't been talked about yet, is it's, it's going to help Josh Allen's yards after catch that we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. If if Josh Allen wants to increase his yards after catch, what do you need to do? Well, you need to get the ball into the hands of somebody who's really freaking fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And if James Cook is going to get the ball, hopefully he's going to make somebody miss and he's going to gain a lot of yards out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and maybe he's a decoy guy. Maybe he comes in and fools everybody. Right. And hey, they're going to James Cook on this. And, and like you said, they, they forget about somebody else. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie's open. Right. Mm -hmm. or, or somebody like that. Maybe Dawson Knox gets open on a play because of James Cook drawing the linebackers away. There's a lot of things that James Cook can do. Mm hmm. 
But I think that the number one thing that all of these rookies need to do, any rookie in the NFL, the first thing they need to do is, is learn from who's in front of them. Mm. No matter, no matter mm. if they're, you know, a great at their position or not, because they've spent more time in the NFL than you. And they can tell you things, even if they can't do things themselves, they can tell you things that maybe you can implement into your game. Right. So I think that's one of the more important things that hasn't been discussed. Air Allen out here, a rich and Dan. So glad to you guys back looking good, fellas. We missed y'all. We missed you too. Appreciate you coming out. Thank you very much for being here. Jim says it's all on Ken play calling. Yeah, definitely. Lone Wolf, Cook McKenzie screen game. Lone Wolf, you're always thinking of weird things for the Bills offense to uh, to implement. So thank you for that. Don't cook and motor work out together. Maybe. Oh, work out together as in work out together. Yes. In Florida, they have worked out together, if that's what you mean. Yes, they, they have worked out together in uh, South Atlantic, Florida. Let's move on to the last topic, Akeem. Yes, sir. And it's your man, Khalil Shakir, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to toss it to you in a second. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. A fifth-round pick, Khalil Shakir. There's a lot of talent in front of him. A lot of talent in front of him. Diggs, Davis, McKenzie. Let's even throw the tight ends and running backs in here just because. Mm-hmm. Knox, Howard, Howard. Mm-hmm. Singletary, Cook, Cook. Mm-hmm. Crowder. Mm-hmm. Are we are we throwing in um, touchdown Jesus? Is he going to be there? No, nah, we don't got to throw him in. Okay, yeah. so if Jake Kumaro is not there, we're at eight players that would be above Khalil Shakir, right? So now they're not all wide receivers, and of course you can have different players, a different number of players at different positions to fill out your fifty-three. The question is: is when is Shakir going to get on the field? What what situations is he going to have? Because if Gabriel Davis is the solidified number two and Diggs is the number one, we know the number three is between McKenzie and uh, Crowder. He needs to show out somewhere. Is it special teams? Is he going to be the punt returner, the kick returner? Where do you think his role is? Is it going to be, hey, the Bills are up by 30 points. Let's throw Khalil Shakir out there so he can get some reps. What do you think happens with Shakir this year? And, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I like this, though. I like this. I'm inclined to put him on special teams at, at this point. Why? Because, again... At, th- at punt returner or on special teams just in general? I, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking more punt, punt returner, kick returner. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking... Of, yeah, I'm thinking. Put the ball in. Put the ball. Find ways to put ball. Put the ball in his hands. That's a way you can. You know, that's a way you can put the ball in his hands. And I think that's a way you can get McKenzie to focus more at the wide receiver position. I think it's a win-win. Now, this um, is a great question from Spin. What's the defense going to do if Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Cook, Shakir is all on the field at the same time? I don't know. I, I don't know. But sometimes the defense finds a way, man. And in, in, in this situation, good luck. Though. Where's Dawson Knox? Where's OJ Howard? You know, where, where are the other guys that maybe need to be on the field? What down is it, right? Maybe Shakira is in when when it's a short downage so you can take a shot to him or something, right? Maybe he's a, he's that kind of player. But what do you think is like a reasonable expectation for Shakir this season? 
so in terms of the offense, reasonable expectation for Shakir in, in terms of in terms of impact on offense. I don't think in terms of both, impact in general, we talked his his uh, impact on special teams already. I don't think he's going to get everybody healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think knock, he on, gets, knock on wood, knock on everything you have. That, please. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he gets a lot of playing time. I think he will get certain plays here and there. I think he'll get some packages where he's kind of like uh, used like McKenzie. You know, he gets some reverses. He gets some screens. He gets some reverses. Do some kind of things. Some some gadget plays of them type of sorts. I think if all else is all else goes well, I think that's where we're going to see Shakir this season. We're going to see him uh, on the field. Uh, 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 seldom, but what he may get little opportunities here and there. Uh, he's going to take a lot of mental reps. He's going to learn from uh, uh, all the receivers that's in front of him in hopes to have more of an impact in the future. So in my, th- in my opinion, if everything goes good, I think that would be Shakir's, that would be Shakir's expectation this year. If things go a little uh, murky, and he gets a lot more playing time than expected. That's because something happened. You know, if yep. something happens, yeah, like Jim says, we're not we're not deep at wide receiver, so we we really aren't when it comes to after those four guys. But there's a lot of guys that people want. Like if if Kumara wasn't a member of the Bills, I guarantee you he'd be on the Green Bay Packers. With how much Aaron Rodgers has talked about him, I guarantee you he would be on the Green Bay Packers. I'm, I am a call a, a, a hot take a right here. I, I, I think I think Kumaro will end up on the Packers before the season is over. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Spin says he thinks Shakir has 12 targets for the entire season, five to eight gadget runs. Justin, I don't think so. When we say deep, I don't think we mean just the wide receiver position. I think we mean like outside wide receivers, right? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who can who can possibly play the slot, McKenzie, Shakir, Crowder. That's three, right? That's three wide receivers that can potentially play that slot position. But who do you have for outside guys outside of Diggs and Davids? If somebody goes down, knock on wood, of course. No. I don't know. I don't know what, what they do, right? Because it's not it's not the same. I'm not saying they don't have any talent at all. I'm just saying it's not going to be the same. That's when you're going to need those young guys to step up. That that might be when you need James Cook on the field. That might be when you need a play from McKenzie and stuff like that. Hey, Rich, any last final thoughts on Shakir? Um, yeah, I just think right now he's a, a fifth round pick. I think he is. He can make an impact. I think. I think he. The Buffalo Bills can put him on the field in some plays. I think it'll be in. Uh, uh, a, a handful of plays throughout throughout the season or throughout hey, certain games. If he if he's a top fifteen, top twenty punt returner, he's a fifth round pick. <laughs> that works. That works for me, right? Like if, if you're giving us a good field position, I think nobody's going to complain, right? Yeah, and I love again. I love the pick. I love the pick, and I think he's going to be a, a more impactful player as the years uh, progress and as the years progress in his career. But for this year. Uh, I, I think it's going to be more mental reps, and he's going to make uh, seldom plays within the Buffalo Bills offense. You guys got a longer episode of the Conflict of Interest than you were expecting tonight, and we love to give it to you. I'm, of course, the real Dan Kelly. That's Akeem Richens. Akeem, mm-hmm. you know the deal. Sign us off, everybody. We love you.
A Rich, Akeem Richens, Dan Kelly, the real Dan Kelly. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us. You is watching the conflict of interest where we may not agree about everything. Uh, or anything. Or anything. And if we don't agree, then we'll definitely fight each other all over it. Uh, this this is this is what we like to do. I think we bring a different flavor, a different perspective to uh, Buffalo Bills football where we can have debates and disagree. But it's all out of love. It's all out of respect. Uh, even if we disagree in the comment section, if y'all disagree with us in the comment section, uh, that that's okay, right? Because we all have brains, we all have it's personalities. It's always friendly, friendly always disagreements. Friendly. We can all we can all talk and be friends together. Yes, yes, we can all talk and 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 have very good informational conversations about our team at the same time. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out my boy Izzy. Shout out everybody in the comment section today, man. Y'all were great. We appreciate everybody in the comment section. Thank you for the thank you for the support. This is our second week back. Uh, a lot of bigger things are happening. We are about to go more in depth. The season is approaching. Uh, training Can't camp. wait. There's Can't a lot of different things going on, man. So to get going because, of course, myself and Akeem always on the pregame and postgame for you on the mm -hmm. Built in Buffalo Network. Spin this fake Dan Kelly. I don't know who he is, but please find him, report him. He must be getting all my checks because I've been not getting paid for a while, man. <laughs> love it. We man. love, love it. everybody. As always, go Bills. Follow us at the Real Dan Kelly at King Rich underscore nine eight seven. Conflict of interest. We're signing off. I'll see you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills.